Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Yeah, the Ric Flair documentary was fire. It's Wes. This came out. It's on Peacock. It's called Woo. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, this man said real quick. And Walker. It is called Woo. It's not the most glowing review of the title. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. And like, I thought there would be like a lot of emphasis on the oh. Woo! And he was just like, it's called Woo. I'm bringing this to the air. I'm bringing it to the air. I'm bringing it to the air. I have no problem with this. He just, he poked the bear one too many times. Here we are talking about Jalen Hurts because it all started with Spence writing a question on the text line. Uh 704-570-9610. Spence said, Wes, will DJU pull a Jalen Hurts and excel after failing at his first college? I said, Jalen Hurts failed at Alabama? That seems really strong. And then Fiddy goes, did he win a natty? So, of course, we do the whole, it's the only argument I need, Sean. Or I ask him if Bryce Young failed at Alabama. And he danced around that question, danced around, danced around, until finally it doesn't take long for Fiddy to go from zero to 100. Yes. And so finally he said, yes, he did win the natty. Josh Fiddy Marlowe thinks Bryce Young failed at Alabama. Jalen Hurts failed at Alabama because he got pulled in the championship game. But it's because he didn't win the championship. And here was my tipping point. After we got to that, I was cool letting it roll off. I mean, I thought it was ridiculous. But then he said, there's no nuance with you. And that's after he said, (laughs) I mean, after he said that Bryce Young failed at Alabama and then tried to tell me. That there was no nuance with me, Wes. That's when I had to bring it to the air and bring this to the people. <laughs> Go ahead, Fiddy. Go ahead. I, I mean, you see the logic, though. Like, no, I, Saban's no, I, won, I actually what, don't see the logic. Saban's won what seven national titles since two thousand and eight. So you're talking about every other year they're winning national championships. That's the standard. That's how you get judged by. And look, it's it happens in the pros where. If you're the quarterback of, I would say, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Steelers, and the Niners, if you don't win Super Bowls, you're a failure. Okay. So when you have the history and the tradition that these types of places have, if you go to North Carolina and you don't make a Final Four in a four-year career, your career was a failure. Like, that's wow. just... When, when you've gone to 21 of them as a university, that's the expectation. When you've won national titles the way Nick Saban and Alabama have, they, if you don't win championships... Like, as much as Urban Meyer sat up there and talked about how he felt like he had the pressure to win every year or it was a failure, that's Nick Saban because he's won so many damn many that you, you either win them or you, yeah, you failed. You, you, they can go 13-1 and one and lose on the last play of the, of the year, and their season's a failure. But I need some nuance, though, Wes. After all that, I need, I'm the one that needs nuance. I just want people to let that soak in yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if you go to Carolina and you average 20, 10, and whatever, and shoot a great percentage and are a dominant player, but you don't get to a Final Four, I don't know that I say your career is a failure. Well, I mean, the thing is, do you think Carolina's going to be okay after drafting a failure, number one? Right. Because that's not, not a good track record. <laughs> if you oh fail and then you God. get drafted number one overall, oh, I'm just asking. I mean, is it good to draft a failure? 
at number one overall, Fitty? I mean, look, he's still a fantastic individual player. His responsibility was to guide the Alabama Crimson Tide to a national championship. Okay. That didn't happen. So I guess Nick Saban was a failure, right? Because Yes, he failed. That's mm-hmm. the, the that's yeah. the expectation. <laughs> that's the bar that they've set. Like that's just the reality of the situation. You don't Is, want that you don't want those expectations. Don't win every every year. <laughs> it's really just that simple. <laughs> like 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 do what LSU or Auburn do. Like win once, be good three to five years, fire three to five coaches, get good again, and just keep going on that cycle. I want to push this one more time just a little further. Does that mean Roy Williams failed more times in his career by a large margin than he succeeded? Um, let me see. So three national titles and nine final four appearances at North Carolina. Oh, so it's a final four appearance, right? You did say that. Yeah. So it's not a championship. No, because it's, it's a different, you got to go through four elimination games as opposed to college football. You go through what? Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so even still having more non final four appearances in his years coaching than, so I guess he's, is he an overall failure? No, I, okay. Dean, I Dean Smith failed more in the final four than Roy Williams did. No, I know. I just wanted to know if Roy Williams was a failure because he failed to get there. There's only, there was only one team that you could look at it and say he failed. And that was his 97, 98 team at Kansas. You better win the championship of this live wire. <laughs> or I'm going to call you a failure up and down this radio show, up and down this last hour. Go ahead, Fitty, hit it. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east to the west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. All right, we're actually going to talk a little basketball. Going to talk a little NBA. Offseason is uh, coming to an end. A training camp's open in, what, about a, a month or so? I believe that is correct, Walker. We got the full schedule. October 25th. It's going to be the season opener for yeah. the Charlotte Hornets. Um, we got the schedule fully uh, released last week. And Steph Curry, he's back in Golden State chasing a fifth NBA title. And he joined the Gills Arena podcast. Wes, you're, you're an avid listener to this podcast. I feel like this podcast has changed names. Like every other week. Every <laughs> time does. I'm he's going to so pull a things. clip, it's, it's yeah, not the same name. Yeah, he had something else before that. So, yeah, it has been ever evolving. I guess that's the way they would say it. Okay. Well, Steph Curry joined that podcast. And, you know, when the greatest point guard conversation of all time came up, well, the best three-point shooter of all time said, and I'm the best point guard, even if that includes Magic Johnson. Are you the best point guard ever? Yes. Uh, have, yes. Is me and Magic? That's the, the conversation? Yeah. You know, because, you know, as, as we can look at stats all day, right? You know, we yeah. can look at stats and try to judge. Um, I wasn't around with magic <laughs> I know I know right so you don't believe it I know there's not a lot of 6 9 point guard no one's trying to, I, I'm I'm thinking about the 90s growing up there was nobody trying to be a 6 9 point guard right I mean it just but I I can witness and watch every kid trying to be curry you know what I mean so it's like the influence that you really have on the game from the position as a player I, you know, I look at the stats and say, okay, Magic then Curry. When I look at the kids and I watch AAU, it's like, nah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously I have to answer it that way, but I really feel like 
to your point, like Magic's resume is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. all right. So the fact that we're even having that conversation is a that's a it's a place I never thought I'd be in. But the fact, that, to your point of like how you grade it in the whole conversation, that's why we have the conversations because mm -hmm. it's fun and it's yeah. it's you know measuring errors against each other. And I love that's what basketball, that's what sports is all about. That's why people watch. That's why people get you know in heated debates about it. I love it. So you put me on my own team. Yeah, I'm gonna rep myself for sure. What you think, what? <laughs> um, man, this is hard because I definitely said if Steph gets another, that I would put him over Magic myself. I'm still gonna go with Magic slightly over Steph uh, because of the rings argument. Five total for him. Steph has four. Fifty nods and approval. Yeah, five over him, four for Curry. <laughs> but it's hard, though, man, because of everything you get from Curry offensively. Uh, still a great passer, Curry is. Um, man, it's, it's really hard. Well, can we, the whole changing of the game, people reference Steph Curry for having such a monster influence on the game. And I get it. He does. There are a lot of people that want to shoot from 40 feet out. Totally agree with that. Can we stop acting like magic didn't influence the game? Because when you go to black tops and when you go to anybody at any practice gym or whatever, man, do we not think players were trying to do no look passes like magic? This guy got the nickname magic that we all refer to him because it didn't seem real what he was doing on the floor. And yeah. now you got street ball that magic Johnson brought on a prominent level shouts to pistol Pete too, doing some things that we hadn't seen like that. He was highly comparable when you tried to, bring his stuff to the, uh, the to the court as well but were we really really going to act like people didn't try to be like magic driving into the lane and then doing a no look kick out to the corner is that the same thing as taking a three from 40 feet out like Steph Steph is the best shooter of all time there's no question about it but the influence on the game hell okay Steph Curry even if you wanted to argue that he influenced the game more okay Larry Bird and Magic Johnson they're credited with saving the NBA because of what Magic did when he entered the league and immediately, immediately had success. Come on now. Like, this, this whole influence the game stuff, yeah, I'm with you on stuff, but Magic Johnson is still crazy. Well, yeah, and I mean, ooh, I mean, that was tough, too, because, like I said, we went around in the 80s with the Jerry Curls flowing and everybody wanting to get out there and play like Magic back in the day. I was not playing pickup back then, but I can attest to the fact that when I do take Bryce to, to the train, and there's a lot of kids in the gym that's all they do. They're putting up three after three after three. They're shooting it from as far out as they can. That is definitely how a lot of the kids like to play, man. But when you just go down the list and look at it, I mean, Magic nine-time All-NBA first team, Curry four. All-NBA teams, Magic made ten to Curry's nine. Um, Steph has won two scoring titles over Magic's none, but... It's, it's hard, though. I, I really would like to say Curry is number one, especially Queen City, but I'm going to go with Magic. Oh, no, Steph. And look, Steph is a top 10 guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he certainly has that resume to potentially be a top 10 guy. But I think with everything, if we talk about impact, if we credit a couple of dudes with saving the game, we talk about Michael transforming it during his time and taking over. We talk about Magic also having a ton of... Look, speaking of four-time assist champ, five-time NBA champ, we can go through the accolades. Steph has a lot as well. I just don't want that to be overlooked when we talk about influence on how we play basketball because there's a lot of people also trying to implement the crazy moves. Go watch a highlight reel just to remind yourself of what Magic was about. Just go watch YouTube. Like, it's been a long time. 
If Curry wins another ring, do you passes were nuts. Change anything? They'd be equal because they have the same amount of rings. That's what I'm saying. But if it's equal, then which one would you pick? Oh, I'm just clowning because the whole—that's the only argument I need. Sean, rings culture type of argument. Um, I mean, you play the game for. Oh, that's right. So Magic is better then. I, oh, look at you! The contradiction is going to be <laughs> no, real. I mean, because like they're two they're two different point guards, so I think it's really oh, hard to say that goodness. one's better. You know, this is where that nuance thing I was talking to you about. Yeah, like like enlighten me. Like 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 Steph, his legacy is the second greatest all time behind Michael Jordan's because mm-hmm. he single handedly changed the way not just the Golden State Warriors play. The, the whole entire way the NBA is played is, is a direct reflection of the way Steph Curry plays it's a basketball. reflection of skill. Steph Curry had the biggest key to open up that door, but everybody else realized that we got to go small. We got to have skilled players out there on the floor. You want to spread out the floor as much as possible. And Steph Curry had a big part in all of that. But also, Clay Thompson helped a lot too. It's clearly, Steph, uh, Steph Curry is the center of gravity over there. No doubt about it. But also, we can talk about small ball affecting the NBA. And yes, that's Steph Curry had a big part in it. But what I'm saying is Magic Johnson was also being influenced. So many people talk about when I go to AAU, when I talk, when I see what little kids do. Okay, like that's that's great. That's a huge part of the game. That is that is big in growing the game of basketball. Magic did that too. In fact, if we're going to credit with somebody with saving it, then, then he allowed Steph to change it. What do you? What would you say though, from a skill perspective? How many things does Magic do better than Curry? Because in my opinion, rebound, Curry defense, has better handle. Pass. Curry has Ooh. better handle, better shooter. Oh, uh, what, what did you say? Better ooh overall about? score. What, what did, what did you say? Ooh, about? Did I know you didn't say passer? Oh, Fitty, come on. I, Wes, I, please I, get on this, I man. I mean, Curry's a really good passer, He too, is, man. but, but you, you look at the I mean, way what, that are, they... are we getting caught up? Are we getting caught up in just the fact that Magic could do the... <laughs> I don't want to I mean, if you want to go ahead and walk but out, that Magic we can could do the, the, the no-look and stuff, because Curry has some sick dishes, too, man. Yeah. But as far as if you just want to look at, you know, assists per game... That's the, wi- that's the wildest take. That's the wildest take ever uttered. That's the wildest one. Um, uh, hold, ne- hold on, hold on, y'all. The text line, please. Okay, look, we're in Charlotte though, so they might be on your side. I'm baffled. No, nah, we're gonna get there the is, old heads on there with the there nostalgia. Is, there is no way, there is zero planet where Steph Curry is a better passer than Magic Johnson. I didn't say better, but I'm just saying that his passing isn't that far behind Magic's. Like when you talk about passing, what are we saying? Highlight level passes? Are we saying no look passes? Are we saying pure sim- assist numbers per game? Like what are we talking about? Form it however Form it however you want to to make Steph in the same neighborhood. Form it however you want. Oh, so, so now he's not in the same neighborhood as a player as Magic? Oh, no, as a passer. For, form any conversation you want to. So let's just put Steph Curry as a in, in the Showtime Lakers. Where he's running up and down the floor with all those all-stars, all those Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. You don't think Steph Curry puts up the same numbers that Magic Johnson puts up? No, he he scores more because he's going to No, I'm not talking about as a passer. Yeah, does not do it. Mm. Four-time assist champ, Magic Johnson is. Do you want to know what he averaged for his career? 11.2. Thank you. And you're telling Perfect. me that if you put Steph in that system... Because as- he's going to be sh- shooting a lot more. Because, yeah, this is actually a part where Steph Curry is a better scorer. He can shoot from the outside a lot more. 100%. Way better shooter. He's the best shooter of all time. But, yeah, that's going to take away buckets from Steph. 
And so if you want to take away what is the greatest shooter of all time and decrease his shot value, just decrease his shot volume from that doesn't make no sense. Like if we're talking about this guy needing to chuck up as many threes as possible because there's nobody that's been a, ever a better three point shooter, and then you want to say he's going to do the same thing assist wise as Magic Johnson did? I mean, you put it him in that offense. It doesn't make any sense. I, I, it make any sense. I think he's that good. You put him in that offense. The, the the numbers are pretty much identical. So that Steph Curry is going to average ten threes a game and average eleven assists for his career. <laughs> well, no, because in, make it make sense in that offense in that area. You didn't shoot ten threes a game. Well, yeah. But if we're talking I'm about putting him being better, in, in but if you offense. put Magic in the NBA today, though, would he be a liability because he can't shoot like that? He'd be Draymond. Oh, nah, I'm not going to do that for you. You're getting a little off off the meter right now, off the meat rack. <laughs> I, I mean, this is uh, I don't think amazing, Curry, you know? I'm just saying, I don't think Curry's that far behind Magic as a passer. I don't know if the old head's out there getting caught up in the nostalgia when he run down what the court. What is the text line? Sir? All slow, and then he switch hands in the air and do a little no look. That was cool what? for the are 80s. We, are, we, are we not? All right, so I'm like, getting a little disrespectful. I know. Like I'm. <laughs> do we know that every single one of his 11 assists per game were not the... Magic type no that's look. What I'm so we that's, understand that there are yeah, other passes. That's that what set I'm asking. Up. Are you are you saying that he's a better facilitator of the basketball than Curry? Because Curry plays an offense to where they also look for the open man, look for the best shot, no, and he's why a really are we good passer. Trying to complicate too. this, I'm not. I'm not trying to complicate it. Let's I just, just want clarity on how he's a better, that much more of a better passer. The clarity is on YouTube. It's in the Google search bar, bro. We've seen the film. Is Steph, is Steph Curry the best passer in today's league then? Like, that that's what y'all are saying. Y'all are telling me that Steph Curry is the best passer in the NBA right now. That's what y'all are saying. I'm, I'm just asking. No, for, answer that question. No, I want to know clarity of what, like, how yeah, are we classifying uh -uh. the passer? All-encompassing. I told you to make the argument however you want to to make Steph the better passer. Because I, I don't even know how you do it. Like, I'm giving that's Magic the nod off of career accomplishments. But as far as a pure playoff, I had to pick my team between those two. I'm picking Steph. Yeah, yeah. so am I. That's fair. That's fair. If you, Especially in today's day and age. I just, I'm not even going crazy with if you think Steph is better than Magic. Mm -hmm. Y'all tried to sit here and contemplate if Steph Curry was a better passer. I told you a million times. Change the argument however you want to to make Steph a better passer. Do it however yeah, you want. Yeah, I didn't say that. I just said I however think that he's not that far off from him as a passer to make that a huge decisive factor as to why he's a better player. Last one, Fitty. We were just having a trying to have a conversation with Oh, no, don't you do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead and it. sit back down. There's no reason for you to stand up. Fitty, just... well, me sitting down is like you standing up. It's the same. Oh, also, also, it's Wes and Walker sports. I don't call it. Jackson says if Steph could dump down to Kareem every game, he'd have a lot more assists per game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's read the mm. other 20 text in favor of Magic Johnson. <laughs> it's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
I've never had to almost leave a studio because of a take. But that happened in the last segment. When I saw Wes Bryant start to give Fiddy's argument a little bit of life, I was like, oh no. Who's the best passer ever? Magic and stuff? That's where it almost made me leave. But Fiddy, the problem with Fiddy is that he likes seeing me that angry and he finally found something, so he had to stick with it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I mean, welcome to sports radio, Walker. I mean, you've been in the industry, what, four and a half years, five years as a host? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're finally being forced to, to leave the studio because you're you're arguing with guys that are... Is that what radio is? <laughs> you know, they're, the they're knowledgeable. They're well-versed in nuance. <laughs> they're not going to back down from an argument. Like I think you just learned what the word nuance meant three days ago. I just you're love using my- it as, like, it's almost like it's on your toilet paper of a whole bunch of words of the day that you use. And I feel like, hmm, nuance. We're going to bring that today. You know, I, I love when I come out with these new words, <laughs> like, you know, vehicles a word that I've been using off the air. Yeah, you have been using that one. Renowned is a word that gets to you, and now nuance. Like, yeah, I know. I just can't wait till you go home and you tell your your lovely girlfriend. I almost left the studio today. I almost did. I almost did. 704-570-9610. All right. Now oh, we got Lo- <laughs> Logo704 said, best passer is Chris Paul. That's your boy. <sighs> For, Wake Forest, Wake Forest counterpart there, Chris. Yeah, Paul. Uh, I mean, no, but let, not in this conversation. I mean, so let me ask you this though, real quick. Okay. I mean, is is Steph a better pass? I think we're back after we got ignored. <laughs> I didn't know if somebody else was going to tell me that this was not a test or if this was a test. I was waiting for that. But they did interrupt me. The sound interrupted me on my question because, honestly, if if you think that Steph Curry is in that neighborhood, then Chris Paul has to be. Right? Yeah, but he's not in the neighborhood of those oh, two. Oh, of overall player, no yeah. doubt. Oh, yeah. Look, no. But we're Steph- just talking about best passes. Well, that, that that's what made me almost leave the studio was the passing. Because if we're talking about Steph Curry... Being comparable to Magic Johnson as a passer, tell me how Chris Paul is. I just said that Steph is is in the ballpark. I said Magic's not that so much better of a passer than him for it to be a huge decisive factor if I have to choose between the two. So then Chris Paul is. So Chris Paul Chris is Paul's a really good passer too. Oh, say it, Wes. You know you're dodging it. I need you to tell me that if Steph Curry is in that realm, uh-huh. then what is the difference between Chris Paul being in that realm? Chris, passer. Chris Paul's a really good passer. You won't say So what do you want me to say? That, I want that, you to say because you said that Steph Curry okay. is in that realm to be compared to Magic Johnson as a passer. Okay. Right? You said, and I need, why aren't you saying it with Chris Paul? I just want to know why, because it's real simple. I mean, if we want to go off numbers and things of that nature, then yeah, he is. All right. Okay. I just wanted to hear yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to hear it, man. 704-570-9610. Let's go on to a different passer, Bryce Young. I hope he's one of the best passers of all time. I really do, because that would mean the Carolina Panthers probably have a few championships by themselves. Maybe it's a Dan Marino situation. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But I'm hoping that Bryce Young is able to bring home a couple of Super Bowl trophies. And if he's the best passer of all time, then that could possibly happen. Problem is, you got to have the coaches to put you in the right situation, mm-hmm. right? And so with Frank Reich being the guy that is calling the plays, this is someone that has done this for quite some time. 
We see we saw him do it with the Chargers organization back when he was working with Philip Rivers as a quarterback, and then they would be reunited with the Indianapolis Colts. He would go to Philadelphia. We would see Carson Wentz have his most success with Frank Reich in that system, and then Carson Wentz would be a better form of Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, even if nobody wants him on their team anymore. But we've seen Frank Reich work really well with quarterbacks during his day and age. Now, here he is as the head coach with the Carolina Panthers, and he's going to be calling the plays. And we've seen him call plays the first half of games in the preseason. Thomas Brown has been taken over in the second half. We've had this conversation about whether Thomas Brown needs to be the play caller. But Frank Reich has done a good job at it in his NFL career. I trust him. I think he's going to put Bryce Young in the right position to succeed. The wide receiver depth isn't great, especially if you start to have these guys go down to injury, like Terrace Marshall, like DJ Chark. That would be a big problem. But overall, it looks like these guys are okay, and it's not anything long-term. How do you feel about Frank Reich being a play caller for Bryce Young? Uh, I trust him as a play caller. When you talk about over his nine years, five of those as a head coach in Indianapolis, four years as an offensive coordinator, he's had five uh, seasons with an offense that was in the top 10 as far as points. So uh, I think that gives him enough credibility, uh, including in his two seasons, in two seasons in Indianapolis, 2020 and 2021. Uh, both those offenses were seventh and eighth, respectively, in points per game. So he has a uh, credit for me and in my opinion, and especially to what, what he did in Philadelphia uh, those years as well. So I trust him. Yeah, I trust Frank Reich, too. I think we've seen, this is why we liked him as a head coach hire. I mean, we we could debate Steve Wilkes and Frank Reich, and we did. And I thought Steve Wilkes did enough to earn that job. And eventually he settled for a defensive coordinator job after David Tepper decided to go with Frank Reich. And now Steve Wilkes is going to be calling plays for perhaps the best defense in all of the NFL. And so we'll see if he's able to get another head coaching opportunity. But I thought he did enough to get that job here with Carolina. What David Tepper decided to do was hand over the keys to an offensive-minded guy that had success with the Colts, that had winning seasons. They did get to the postseason, and he did so with the best quarterback being Andrew Luck his first year, the second-best QB being Phillip Rivers, and then third-best, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett. That's not necessarily a debate that I'm going to fight over. <laughs> not any of the QBs who was the third-best QB worked with. First one was Andrew Luck. Second one was Phillip Rivers. And they had winning seasons each of those two years. They got to the postseason each of those two years. I'm just glad that you're going to have stability at QB because Bar Bryce Young is your first overall pick. He's going to be the starter for two years under Frank Reich being the head coach. That's the first time we're going to see this thing happen because you had a different one every single year with the Colts. And when Frank Reich was in Philadelphia, Doug Peterson's a really smart guy too. So I think Doug Peterson was allowed Carson Wentz to have an MVP type season. Carson Wentz's second year in the league. But I do remember when Frank Reich left for Indianapolis, people were worried about what Carson Wentz was going to do once Frank Reich left. And he didn't have as good of a career. And then Nick Foles is able to take him to the promised land as well. So, yeah, I, I really like what he's going to be able to do with Bryce Young. And that's something George Shahri talked with us about as well, as pro football focus, that being a big part. Yeah, no doubt, though. But I definitely want to hear uh, these Lombardi cuts because we have some more uh, Lombardi charged up comments so let's hear what he thought about frank reich being considered a quarterback guru that label on quarterback guru i mean what quarterback has i mean you got to go back to herbert i mean like what quarterback philip rivers i mean matt ryan carson wentz i mean like at some point you lose your guru card when you don't produce 
Like you can't keep carrying your guru card around. Like you just can't have it all the time. The, the rue leaves the guru. Like it's just going to stay there. Man, he is on one, huh? I mean, that was some more strong comments from Michael Lombardi, and we'll have another cut in just a bit. But, um, I mean, it's just interesting to hear uh, the varying opinions, but I do think that Frank Reich is considered a quarterback guy. That was one of the things that a lot of people were happy about when they drafted Bryce, just what Frank Reich could do to be able to help him, and he's got Josh McCown there to supplement him as well. Do you think Lombardi was smiling when he said, we got to take the rue from the goo, acting like that was some <laughs> profound joke that he made? Do you think he was feeling probably himself? Probably so. Probably Because it just so. sounds ridiculous. He probably had that one in the chamber. <laughs> you got to take the rue away from <laughs> Guru, elbow, Such elbow. a dumbass I am. What That's a, what he was really thinking. What a weird joke. And by the way, can we also bring up the fact that he brought up Justin Herbert? Yeah. Yeah, that was a little interesting. Well, it's not interesting. It's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a fact. He was with the Chargers in 2014 and 2015. That was when Phillip Rivers was the starting quarterback. It would be, oh, goodness I, grace, like five years until Justin Herbert took over the starting job. I mean, I mean, I thought 2013, 2014. I thought that was still Dan Fouts' quarterback in the Chargers. Like, yeah. I mean, like at at some point, is Lombardi just doing this? Like, is this like the reverse Cowherd, where he's just doing this on purpose so people can just talk about him into the ether? So here we are, having played. I think we've played two separate Michael Lombardi sound bites, and he's gotten something wrong in each of them. He's talked about Justin Herbert working with Frank Reich, which never happened. And man, again, I think he was about five years late. It didn't happen with the Chargers that he was referencing. And then we're talking about him t discussing the offensive line didn't have any injuries for Carolina when Austin Corbett is not playing because of an ACL tear and Chandler Zavala just started playing after he was recuperating. So here we have a couple of things that are wrong, just flat out wrong with what Lombardi is talking about here. I don't get it. I don't know what he's seeing from Frank Reich. As to why Frank Reich needs to be fired. I don't know. Do you have any take on the, the Frank Reich stuff with Lombardi? I get, yeah, I just don't get it, right? I just don't get it. We can go to another one. Let's go to a Michael Lombardi soundbite. Here he is talking about David Tepper needs to take some heat for the way that Frank Reich is struggling right now. If I'm David Tepper, I'm asking myself, like, mm -hmm. what did Frank do to convince me that he deserved a second chance? Right? Like, what did he do that, that makes me feel like I shouldn't have hired somebody? Now, they hired him because, you know, like, they let Steve Wilkes walk out of the building. They didn't give him the job. Steve Wilkes proved on tape that he made that team better. Mm -hmm. He proved it on tape. Like, to me, if I'm Tepper, Tepper's taking no heat for this either. Like, he went and hired Wright and, and let, let Steve Wilkes, who demonstrated that he was really got that team turned around. That one's the most fair thing that I've heard Michael Lombardi say. Yeah. But even still, I don't think we're taking heat for a guy that is coached in two preseason games. Sure. and, and, and It's that's, still crazy. Yeah, that's the main thing for me is that it's going to be a wait and see. Now, if we get into the regular season, get into the thick of things, and it's not looking good, then yeah, I definitely think you will hear some of these fans bring some of the points that Lombardi has brought to the table, especially this last one. Uh, but I disagree with him and just that you have to give Reich some time to see exactly what he's going to do. I don't think he's endearing himself to the fan base so far with what we've seen in the preseason, but a lot of people are dismissing it as it is the preseason. But if we see these issues continue into the regular season, then I think it'll be a different tone. Yeah, I 100% agree. If you are... 
and week five, week eight, something like that, and Mike Lombardi wants to come out here with the you should have stuck with Steve Wilkes and there needs to be some heat for David Tepper to try to figure out who the next coach is going to be, then okay, I could hear that. It would still be it would still be early, right? Like even in week five, it would be early. We're not even to the last preseason game. And he's discussing how David Tepper needs to take heat. I don't think anybody is, I don't think, well, I know the Panther fan base isn't exactly thrilled with what we've seen. I, I was going to go to the fan base, but maybe that's something Lombardi would have over me. You no, know, look at the fan base. They're not exactly thrilled with what we've seen the first two preseason games. So we'll see what Carolina is able to do. Here's another thing. I know people, after what we've seen the first two preseason games, now they want to make some changes and they want to make big changes and they want to go to a familiar face Frank Reich used to work with. Possibly a Jonathan Taylor, Mm -hmm. who was out there to be had after the Colts reportedly granted Taylor's wish to seek a trade. We don't know if he is going to be traded. Don't know what that value would be in return. But Wes, should the Carolina Panthers look at trading for Jonathan Taylor? I definitely think they should look at it. I mean, this guy's a fantastic running back, a big play waiting to happen. Definitely had his issues with injuries last year, but this is a guy in his first three seasons that's almost at 4,000 yards rushing, 33 rushing touchdowns that he's had. Who can forget about the phenomenal 2021 that he had almost getting to the 2,000 yard mark with 1,811 yards, and I think he definitely has some fantastic seasons in front of him. I know you went out and got Miles Sanders, uh, but I think Jonathan Taylor, the, the interesting part is the payday that he's going to be looking for. But uh, if you had a chance to go out and bring this guy in, he's very familiar with what Frank Reich runs because he played for him. And so I think this would be an interesting uh, guy to bring in. I mean, even though last season he only played in 11 games, he still averaged 4.5 yards per carry. So to answer your question, I think if they did go out and get him, I think it's worth it to take a look to bring him in. And I think you would be looking at a significant boost in the optics of this squad if they were able to bring in a a Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor is a great player. I don't want to trade for him because if you trade for him, you'd probably give up. You're probably not giving up a first-round pick. Chris McCaffrey couldn't get one. He was coming off of injuries, but Jonathan Taylor played only 11 games last year. He didn't reach 1,000 yards because of some of the time that he missed. So if McCaffrey's getting multiple picks but also not getting a first-rounder, then I'm going to try to apply that as much as I possibly can to someone like Taylor. So if that's the case, and you're giving up a second and a third, or if you're giving up a third and a fifth, whatever that deal is, we were just talking about how the Carolina Panthers needed draft picks in this past NFL draft class. So now you're giving up more draft picks after having done what you did to go up and get Bryce Young. We know that Bryce Young, I mean, they don't even have a first-round pick next year because it goes to Chicago. So if you're giving up a pick to go get Jonathan Taylor, I mean, now this is set. Like you got to pay Jonathan Taylor and you regretted the contract that you gave to Christian McCaffrey so much that you traded him for picks. It would seem like an unnecessary running back cycle because of the decisions that you already made, especially when it comes to the NFL draft, which we know is how a lot of good teams are built. It's through the draft. Well, Jonathan Taylor, if he got what, according to spot rack, projects for him an average annual salary of $13 million Mm. per season. I know that is very high for the blood of one Walker male. That would put him at third in the league. Uh, So, yeah, that's the key piece about the Jonathan Taylor thing is he wants a big extension. But I do think if they went out and uh, got him, it would make them 
uh, much more dangerous on offense. All right, do we want to go to the last 50 flash of the day? We do not. Let's just move to the last segment of the day. It's Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. One more segment to go on Weston Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The live wire did not go near at all how I thought it was going to go. It got disrupted. It got disrupted. Really? You, you didn't think that- we were going to have a show-wide debate? Oh, I I thought we might talk about who we think is the best point guard of all time. And Steph Curry saying that he called himself the best point guard ever. Magic Johnson, who do we think? And yeah, I thought, all right, we'll try to look at the numbers, the accomplishments, whatever. I just got so triggered. 100%. I did. I got triggered by you guys saying or even contemplating that Steph Curry might be in the same category as Magic Johnson as a passer. And so we didn't get to the other sound bites that you tried to collect, and I wanted to reward your good work, Fiddy, because I wanted to get back to some of the sound bites that you had. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to this one here in a second, but you see, I knew we were going to go that way. It's going to get disrupted again. Because I knew when Wes put that in the show document as getting off the bus... I, I knew that he had a take that was going to get the show a little sideways. But it wasn't even his take. It was you and then him agreeing. Don't, see, don't blame me. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. What did I do? <laughs> I just made a noise. All of a sudden, I'm the one getting blamed for we get into an argument. The, that's actually, you know what? That's true. It was, <laughs> it was all started by a noise because you asked me, Wes asked me, <laughs> what Magic and Steph were better at than one or the other. And then I said, Magic was a better rebounder. And then I talked about passer. And then Fiddy said, mmm. <laughs> what was the sound? <laughs> he said, Mm, I don't know. I don't know the the right pitch, but I know that it stopped me dead in my tracks because I thought that's what you were doing it towards. And then, and then Walker Mail got triggered. Yeah, I mean, you used to tell me that you loved my noises, and now I'll ever feel insecure to make noises around you because the show <laughs> might go sideways and... You know, yeah. then I'm gonna get blamed for another argument. So I thought, what you know, Wes talked about how, like, yeah, I'm gonna give it to Magic. You know, the and you looked at the stats, and you know, we just kind of looked at it. It seemed like it was gonna have nuance, if you will. And then you did the whole sound, and uh, well, that got me off topic for sure. Well, so the thing about radio, which today was your first introduction to real sports radio, because you almost walked out of the studio over an argument. Not, have you have either one of y'all ever been involved in a station beef? I actually have not. No. I have not been involved in a station beef before. Because it You're is, talking about with other stations, yeah, not with within the, ours. Yeah, with other yeah. stations. No, I'm not. It appears that our, our morning show is is maybe on track to have a beef with the Zach Gelb show. No, no. They're going national beef. Remember uh, a few weeks ago during the Live Wire, I, pre- I played you a cut from Ryan Hickey 
the Zach Gelb Show producer saying that Tampa Bay was going to win the NFC South. Well, Mac and Bone, well, they clowned him because that's an idiotic take. Well, Zach Gelb is back in his 6 p.m. slot, and him and his producer, well, they took shots at our morning guys. I don't get why you have to pick the Panthers here, especially when Frank Reich last year never had his team prepared for a game in Indianapolis, and they lost every first half when he was the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts from just last season. Your response, Hickey, is the very popular (laughs) Mac and Bone show in WFNZ. He took some shots at you. I mean, the arrogance is... (laughs) I'm flabbergasted with how cocky they are talking about the Panthers and I guess in a way the Saints and how they are in their minds so much further ahead than everybody else. The peons of the Falcons and the Buccaneers apparently there is no one in that division don't care what fan you are the four teams there is no team or no fan base that should ever be talking as arrogantly about their team this year in that division whatsoever. Good stuff by McEvone. I enjoy them going after me and you. I enjoy that. I thought that was some good radio. Some good stuff. Let's see if they keep that same energy that first football Friday when I'm on with them. Mm. <laughs> Yo, I like it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it, too. I feel I was going to ask Wes about his opinion on this, but I feel like he might go against Mac and Bone and go with Zach because he wants to see the Panthers fall below the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, no. I mean, you know, I, I've said I have to stick with my thing that I, I feel like they'll finish second behind the Saints, and I'm going to stick with that. Uh, but I don't really like that Zach Gibb guy because I've heard him oh, before no. when I've cut the radio on, and it was like, I was like, who's this guy? Mm. Well, he's definitely growing on me. It helps when your dad was the producer of the most popular sports show in the 90s. You know, your last names get you places in this business. Oh, no question. Damn. You know. Sorry, Zach. I guess we'll have beef with you, too. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. (laughs) You know, like, if if we're going to feud, let's make it a station feud, you know? Let's just go after Zach Gale. But you're not even going with just normal takes. You're going with, you know, you congratulations, you got daddy's money is what you're going. Yeah, I mean, look. Escalator, no ladder money is what you're saying. I mean, I work with a guy that came from daddy's money. I mean, we've got a hand-me-down Mercedes. You know, so... You want to go bank account? <laughs> <laughs> or do you want to move on to the next soundbite? Um, yeah, let's move on to the next soundbite. What else you got? All what right. else you got, there? So, um, y'all seen the news that Lonzo Ball is going to miss the, the next season, right? Lonzo himself said it, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, his knees are all messed up. Well, Stephen A. Smith... You know, a renowned NBA reporter in the ESPN family was talking about his uh, his untimely injury on first take yesterday. And it's really sad what happened to him. Those are doctors. Something went wrong mm-hmm. in terms of these procedures that he has had. I don't think he'll ever be the same um, based off of what we're seeing and hearing and reading about. I've heard that it's even hard for him to get up from the sit- sitting position. <laughs> you oh, can't no. play. 50, 60, right. 70 games a year in the postseason and stuff like that. And it's sad because with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, if they had yeah, a guy yeah. like Lonzo Ball healthy, the Chicago Bulls would be even better than what we've seen. So I'm really, really sad for him. Yeah. I just hope that he ultimately is blessed enough to get his health back I mean, right. That's two in a week uh, for Stephen A. Smith because what he came out and said about uh, – 
Stefan Diggs, I was watching that live, and then Stefan came out and poo pooed that comment. And then when you talk about Lonzo Ball, Lonzo is my guy. I love Lonzo. I really hate what's happened to him. Yeah, but, same. you know, he asked, Who are your sources as he's getting out of the chair on said bad Oh, you have to see the video. It says he can't it. get hilarious. out of the chair. So, yeah, that's, that's two for Stephen A getting his uh, sources and logic debunked. Can we talk about that video just a little longer? Because what he did is hard. It doesn't mean anything as to whether he's going to come back and play basketball again. It means absolutely nothing. But that's hard. I don't want to do one-legged squats as many times as Lonzo did in that video. Right. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to look like a fool if I tried what Lonzo did. <laughs> Two healthy knees, healthy as they can get with you know me doing the radio instead of being an NBA player. But yeah, I, I hope Lonzo can come back. And even the beef, he was like, Stephen A., I like you. I don't know you like that, but I like you. You can ask me, and I can be your source. Never lost! Yeah, I went, that's, I hate that Lonzo is not being able to play for Chicago. They looked really good when yeah, he was man. playing for him. He said that on uh, the podcast. He said how that was the first team he felt like he could really show his true self on. Is Lonzo as good of a passer as Magic Johnson? <laughs> no. Okay, I just wanted to ask. Not even close. What about LaMelo? Could be right, maybe. We lead That's you nice. with you that. Gotta put some work in. Though. We debate it off getting off the bus tomorrow. <laughs> Stay tuned. Kyle Bailey show with Smoke Ludwig coming up next.